the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now, here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. The cross of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, covers a multitude of sin. You know, the, the, the rebellion that we have inside of us is the cause of the fall. We have sin in our lives. And that sin has to be dealt with. Otherwise, that sin will continue to grow. And that rebellion is not focused towards so much on, on society or one another. That rebellion is focused on God. And God dealt with it already. And if you remove God in the equation, what you have are a bunch of rebellious people who are going to act out the darkness of their heart. We're seeing that right now. Rationalism with revelation, rebellion is being replaced with an offer of righteousness. And thirdly, resolutions is replaced by the offer of redemption. My God is mighty to save. Redemption is found in no other name but in the name of Jesus alone. And God has already done that. We can't look for redemption anywhere else. Oh, you know, scientific discoveries will bring redemption to people. No, it won't. It will certainly make our lives happy. It can certainly make our, life, our lives more convenient. It will certainly deal with, with some of the issues that, uh, that plague us, like cures for diseases and all of that. But the human heart, the human heart is what must be changed. So God through the cross of Jesus, offers revelation, righteousness, and redemption. Only Christ has the real answers. God says, Jesus is the wisdom of God. We preach Christ and Him crucified. And to the rational mind, it really will not make any sense. Why would someone's death on the cross solve my problem? And God is saying, it's my way of showing you that any device you come up with, any attempt that you come up with in saving yourself is foolishness because this is how I'm going to redeem your life. Through the death of my son. It's foolish to take me out of the equation. We can see all the human depravity evidenced by the behaviors of people. And let me tell you something. We, we can be seeing that again and again. It will probably only get worse before it gets better until 
we recognize that there's only one answer. God revealed to us His Son and His death on the cross has given us redemption and that redemption places us in right standing with God. It's called righteousness. That's the gospel. Worldly wisdom failed to quell the heart of a rebellious person, of a person who tries to save himself or herself. No Christian ever minimizes the great scientific achievement that people have, have, have come uh, to achieve. No Christian will ever deny uh, the wisdom uh, that, 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 that thinkers in our world has demonstrated. But as Christians, our worldview is this. Every scientific achievement, every attempt at solving our problems must, must recognize the presence of God. And it's foolishness to remove God out of the equation. It's simply foolishness. There's a second thing that the wisdom of the cross gives us, and that is the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ relegated the reflection of redemption to God's people. In other words, God decided that a redeemed people will be the reflection of the answer to the problem. That's the church. The redemptive plan of God is now reflected not on our worldly ability to come up with answers, but on God's people. That's a big task. And I know a lot of people say, well, you know, the church is not the answer. The church is the body of Christ. Remember that. The Bible says that we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. If people are going to find redemption, if people are going to find the cross, we have a large part to play in that plan of redemption. The reason why the church is here is to confront the culture and bring it to the light of the cross. It's part of our job as, as a witness for Jesus. That's why we, 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 can't, we can't simply... Uh, you, you know, uh, not pay attention to our testimony. We need to have a solid testimony. Look at verse 20 again of our text, verses 20 and 21. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through it, wisdom did not know him God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe so a big part of God's redemptive plan is to use men and women who are his sons and daughters to reflect the power of that cross you know what as Christians we have an opportunity to show the world who we really are even in this pandemic even in what's going on we need to be clear about who we are. We need to be clear about our usability in terms of God's plan for redeeming people. We need to be part of what God is doing. 
The great knowledge of mankind, the great achievement and advancement that human beings uh, have, have demonstrated to this world is nothing more than the evidence of the fact that we are all created in God's image. You see, a lot of people say, well, you know, we need, we need, to, we need to recognize the ingenuity of, of scientists and, and these smart people and these thinkers and all of that. And we do. But as Christians, this is how we see all of these scientific achievements, right? From a Christian worldview, this is what we believe. We believe that God created people. And when he created people... Those people were created in His image. But we also understand that the image of God has been marred. Okay? We no longer carry the image of God 100%. Okay? Why? Because we fell into sin. Humanity fell into sin. And therefore, the image of God is no longer complete in us. But we still have some of it. Alright? We still have some semblance of the image of God. And that's why humanity is able to come up with these great scientific uh, discoveries. I mean, that's from God. That didn't come just because people were, some people were born smart. Maybe that's true, maybe not. But everything, our, our fallenness still shows evidence that at one time we were created in God's image and that image has been marred. It's not complete. Do you ever wonder why there's so many, you know, those people who are inciting violence? I mean, listen to me. Those people who are enticing violence, burning cars, burning buildings, they're doing all of these things. And they're causing chaos and trouble and all of that. I guarantee you, many of those people, they have dogs. They have animals. And you know what? They show kindness to their animals. They have the ability to show kindness. They have the ability to show love. They have the ability to show compassion, even if they're doing that stuff. Why? Because they still retain, we still retain a semblance of God's image. That's why we're capable of doing those good things. But it's damage. That image is damaged. That's why we're capable of also creating a lot of chaos. So this is nothing new for us. And God says, apart from me, unless I restore that heart to the, to the practical and spiritual purpose that I intended for it to be, you will have chaos. You will always have this problem. And there's nothing humanly possible that you and I can do to eliminate that problem because it's God's territory. Let me read to you a story in the, in the Old Testament that you're all familiar with. Let me just read to you. It's, it's in Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 to 9. You will know this story. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used bricks instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, 
if as one people speaking the same language they have began to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. God says, Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there, from there over all the earth and they stopped building the city. This is why it was called Babel because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. The story of the Tower of Babel proves one thing and one thing alone. God does not intend for man made wisdom to flourish without him. He doesn't allow us to look for wisdom anywhere else but to him. That's very clear in scriptures. He will frustrate any plan that human beings decide to achieve away from him. And that's the same kind of thing. That, that, that Paul was, was telling the church. Do not look to human wisdom to solve the problem. Do not look towards achievement, whether it's scientific or, or, or whatnot, or political. We were never intended to solve the problem that only God can solve. We are to reject worldly wisdom. We have to reject it. And God made it clear that His wisdom is something that if you really look at what God did to Jesus when He sent Him to the cross, you know, people mocked Jesus while He was being crucified. And people today still mock Jesus and they couldn't wrap it around their heads to think, why would I trust in a Savior that died on the cross? It simply makes sense. It's not a wise thing to crown a Messiah that was executed on the cross. It just doesn't make sense. But God says, Jesus' cross is the only wisdom you can ever have that will solve your problem. No other name can resolve it. A king, a, a king, a Messiah is not accepted when he's defeated on the cross. And so they thought. They didn't know that God is mocking. God is mocking humanity's attempt at salvation by their own means through the cross of Jesus. That's what God was doing. It makes no sense. But in God's eyes, this is the only way you and I can be transformed through the shed blood of Jesus on the cross. That blood was shed so that the heart can be washed and cleaned and be made righteous. Spiritually speaking, that's what the cross of Jesus entails. Once that happens, we become reflectors of godly wholeness. God's plan is for His people to reflect his glory through the wholeness of their life. He frustrated every plan. I'm sorry to say this to people who think that we have it within ourselves to, to, so, to solve our problems. I mean, there's a lot of people right now that are saying, you Christians, you know, you're so uh, bound by your faith that you, you, you fail to accept reason. No, we, we, don't, we don't reject reason. 
you know, I can, I can applaud whatever scientific achievement we have as long as it doesn't exclude the fact that God is behind it. Science will bow to God because science will never be able to answer the question that plagues the human heart. We are human. And there's something in the inside of us and something in the inside of our heart that's listening to a whisper. A whisper that says, there is right and wrong. You need to go after the right. You want to see the right. Something in the inside of our hearts longs to see real beauty in the world. I don't know of any rational person who will say, I just want to see ugliness in the world. None of us will behold the wonderful flowers and oceans and, and, and the beauty of, of this earth and say to ourselves, I just want to see the ugly part. No, something in the inside of us is longing to see true beauty. We're longing to see true justice. It's being whispered in our ears. It's being whispered in our hearts. Every one of us is longing to see our relationship become right. We don't want to see marriages getting broken. We don't want to see children getting aborted. We don't want to see women getting abused. We don't want to see violence. Something in the inside of us tells us that these wrongs can be made right. But if we look elsewhere rather than look to God, we will never find it because God as we look at the cross, that whisper will become louder. It will say, this is the way, walk in it. That's what the scripture says. That's God's intention. That's God's plan. Until that voice becomes really clear and we bow down to the word that says, Jesus' crucifixion solved the problem. Not problems to be solved. The problem has been solved. The voice have already been articulated loudly. Look at Jesus. Look at the cross. Lastly, the cross of Jesus is that is the revelation of the promised reconciliation that we can have with God. Look at verses 22 to 25. Jews demand sign and Greeks look for wisdom. The, the, the term Jews and Greeks is a simple term that means everybody. Okay? Some people look for wisdom. Some people look for signs. But we preach Christ crucified and this is a stumbling block for a lot of people and foolishness to a lot of people. But to those whom God has called... Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. It doesn't mean that God has foolish things to do or has done foolish things or that God is weak. It's simply saying that our attempt at making, at putting ourselves in a position of God to solve our problems isn't going to fly, isn't going to work because it's the smartest thing we can do, the wisest thing we can do as human is foolishness compared to what God has already done. The power we think we have, the strength that we think we have is weak compared to the strength and power of God. No matter what attempt humanity makes to solve its problems, it will not flourish. It might bring relief, but nothing more. 
People argue that this world is millions of years old, if not billions of years old. They say the fossil record proves it. It doesn't matter what that proves. I'm not saying it isn't true. I'm not saying the earth is not a million years. I'm not saying it's, it's this old. I'm not saying the fossil record is not true. What I'm saying is it proves nothing when the heart of a human being is unchanged. When we remain depraved in our attempts. It doesn't matter whether the, the earth is a million years old. When it hasn't solved the problem of violence, the problem of depravity. Even Jesus saw this. Even Jesus understood this while he was here on earth. In fact, in John chapter 2, verses 23 to 25, I'll just read this to you really quick. Verse 3 says, Now while he was in Jerusalem, this is about Jesus at the Passover festival, many people saw the signs he was performing and believed in his name. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. He did not need any testimony about mankind, for he knew what was inside each person. God knows what's inside the human heart. That the human heart can be deceptively sinful. That the human heart can be deceptively uh, righteous. We can deceive people that, 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 that we are good people and that we're well-meaning people. We can put our efforts and our, our ingenuity and our, and our education and our, our experiences. Put it all together and try to solve the problems. And they're commendable if we do that. But if you remove God away from it, it's foolishness. That's what God is saying. The secular mind is offended by this because the secular mind wants to rely solely on, on, on scientific evidence and solely on the capacity of human being to achieve everything in its own power. But God says, that is foolish. Without me, you can do nothing. We can convince ourselves that we are able to solve our problems, but we're going to fall flat on our face once again. Because without God, there's no real power in our attempts. The reality is every one of us will die. And no matter how sophisticated or evolved our intelligence or intelligent we are, we will never be able to stop the inevitability of death and the mystery of life after death. Only Jesus provides a reasonable explanation through his redemptive work on the cross. And that reason is this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. The cross is a stumbling block to people because it reveals to us three things. And that is we have misdirected faith. We put our faith in something else rather than God. That's why the cross is important. That's why God says, look at the cross. That's where your faith begins. It begins by looking at what I did to redeem you. If we look at elsewhere, 
We might find relief. We might find some reasonable thing to solve our problems, but it will not remove the stain of sin in our hearts. Misdirected faith, misguided hope. We cannot put our hope in our own ingenuity and resolve alone. We need the intervention of God. We need God to act on our behalf. And thirdly, misinformed love. We define love in our culture, in our day, as an unconditional acceptance of whatever seems right for us. We pass laws to protect the rights of people, regardless of whether it offends God or not. Love in our culture is based on our selfish pursuits. And God says, if you look at the cross, somebody died on that cross. It's the most selfless act that God has ever done. And we need to look to that. Or our faith will be misdirected, our hope will be misguided, and our love will be misinformed. Only the cross of Jesus can change what science, technology, social justice, political power cannot change. And that is the darkness that sin has brought in the heart of humanity. Only the blood of Jesus can wash away that darkness, that arrogance, that pride, that unbelief that plagues the human heart. Only the love of God through the shed blood of His Son Jesus can make right all the wrongs and give us real hope in the future. We need to call on Him. It is the wisest decision we will ever, ever make. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com.